Welcome, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Network or you're joining us for the live stream, for the live stream, uh, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, my name's John. I'm the co-host of the Suns Jam Session, and I can't do this alone. I got to do it with my good buddy, Mr. Matthew Lissy. Matthew, how you doing this evening, my hey, friend? Hey, what's going on? Hey, little jamsters, how you doing, little cute, cute people? <laughs> All Thanks the jamsters out there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Not much. How are you, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. A lot of preparation for the draft tonight. Fantasy yes. football gets started tonight. But before that, we got Suns. Yes. Well, tis the season for live uh, podcasts to have to go on a little bit early because yeah. we want to do a fantasy football draft this, <laughs> exactly. this evening, you know? So one of our commitments that we're going to start doing is every Sunday and Thursday at 8 PM, you'll actually be able to watch the podcast streamed live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So make sure you stop by and you subscribe and do it. Uh, you know, hit us up that way if you see yeah. fit. Uh, but you know, today we're doing it just a little bit early because we do have a fantasy football draft at eight o'clock, our big money league. And Matthew yes. has the number one pick. So, Matthew, who are you going with? Christian McCaffrey, of course. Right. <laughs> hey, you've made a mistake before. You haven't always yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, I was younger, though. It was a year ago. Ah, once upon a time. Once upon a <laughs> yeah. time. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. A few housekeeping notes that I want to hit real quick. Make sure that you subscribe on uh, to the broad, Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Hit us up on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Suns Jam. You can visit sunsjamsession.com and you can go to redbubble.com, which is where you can get some pretty cool designed items. You know, those, how are those nice. looking, Matthew? Pretty, pretty cool, huh? They look nice. Yeah. Beautiful. See, I'm actually, I'm actually wearing one of the Suns Jam Session yeah. t shirts right now. I that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but it's uh, we got plenty to talk about. This is going to be our unrestricted free agent episode. I don't know if we can get through all of them, but we have a lot of people that we really want to kind of mow through today and have a better understanding if they're going to fit with the Suns, what their contract situation potentially could look like, and if we like them. I mean, if we don't yeah. like them, I don't want them. So uh, I think that's, that's that works. yeah, it's, it's got to work for us, right? Yes, exactly, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that it'd only be right if I pop open a beer. As we get ready to talk about unrestricted free agents. All right, so as we get ready to talk about all the unrestricted free agents that are going to be out there this season, the first thing I wanted to do is wish a happy birthday to Mikel Bridges. The Man of Steel is 24 years old today. And Matthew, I got to ask, are you surprised by his age as he's entering his third season? I am. I really am. He seems so much younger, doesn't he? Like 20 or yes. 21. Now I'm asking myself, I'm like, he's 24. Is he too old to be on the team now? Should we, <laughs> should we cut him? Yeah. Like, is no, he, only if this not is the timeline from like three years trade ago. Trade him for nothing? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We're keeping this guy for a long time, but good to see he's 24. Booker's still always the youngest for some reason. I don't know how that always happens, but uh, excited for him, man. Hopefully he has a good night tonight. Yeah, he's older than Devin Booker. Devin Booker turns yeah, 24 in October. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's crazy to think it's that it's just like four years ago when we talked about the timeline, it was a yeah. timeline full of like 19 and 20-year-old players, and now those guys are 24. Uh, you know, what, DA's 22, Mikael yes. Bridges 24. I mean, so yeah. everything's kind of finally coming together, right? I hope. I think so. I think We hope so. I mean, they went 8-0, so the question is, will they lose a game next season? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, 82-0 and 0 is going to be pretty hard to do, Matthew. Yes. <laughs> uh, on the other side of the coin, as we wish happy birthday to Mikael Bridges, uh, we do have to say rest in peace to a couple people. Uh, unfortunately, it was kind of a rough week for the Arizona sports world as we lost one coaching icon and another beloved Phoenix Suns uh, player. That's uh, Lute Olsen, who put collegiate basketball on the map in Arizona, and Cliff Robinson, Uncle Cliffy, who played in Phoenix during the transition years between Barkley and Nash. Uh, both will be missed very much. Uh, yes. Rough week for 
Arizona sports losing both of those guys. Yeah, definitely. And who looked better than uh, Clifford Robinson in a headband? Like whoever, because every time I think of Clifford Robinson, it's the headband and they wore yep. the headbands. The Portland Trailblazers team did their last game versus the Lakers, but he definitely always looked the best. It's either him or Jason Terry. But uh, that's what I remember most about Cliff. One of the first ones I remember playing at Suns was when I was very young. Uh, he's just one of the first ones I remember. And, uh, and he was a great player. Good, uh, good role player. Yeah, great role player. And yeah, I mean, he pioneered the headband. Uh, Jason Terry, I didn't even think about him, but Uncle Cliff, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the guy who rocked that thing. And it was really nice to see Portland put on the headbands and see the support that the NBA gave in remembrance of Cliff Robinson. Uh, still don't know the cause at this point, but he was 53 years old. And it's just, it's sad. Um, so thoughts and prayers with both uh, Lou Dolson and Cliff Robinson's family. So yes, it's going to be hard to transition, I guess, but let's transition. We're going to yeah, talk some un- transition. Yeah. Uh, awkward transition time. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about unrestricted free agents. Uh, let's start with the Phoenix Suns and our unrestricted free agents. And we only have one this year coming <laughs> off the books is Aaron Baines. He's going to be the only one who's just a straight up unrestricted free agent for the Suns. So on a scale of, oh, hell yeah, to oh, fuck no, how likely is it that the Suns will bring him back next season? Well, I'm going to say, oh, freak no, because my dad and my mommy might be watching. Yeah, (laughs) freak no, because, you know, he's not going to be re-signed. We got a lot um, from him when Aiden was missed, uh, when he was suspended. He helped out a lot. But this he showed his value to a lot of teams that are going to be championship contenders next year. So I see him maybe playing on like a Clippers team or even like a Spurs team too that are, well, maybe not the Spurs. <laughs> Did I just say the Spurs? Yeah. Maybe not the Spurs, the Lakers. Te- teams that are like still going to be fighting for a championship. I feel like they'll add him to the roster. He'll get paid pretty well, but I don't think he's a guy we're going to bring back next year. It's going to hurt very much, but that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I think we'd all like to see Aaron Baines back. Uh, I think on that scale, I'd give him a shit nah on the yeah. of him coming back. And it's <laughs> unfortunate, you know, uh, but I think he'd make a good clipper, especially if they lose Montrez Harrell in free agency. Uh, I think he could end up back in Boston. I can see him kind of coming back as a role player in that market, a market that absolutely loves him. Uh, but I'm going to predict right here, right now, that he's going to end up in, you ready? Drum roll, Miami. I'm saying Miami. Miami. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. You heard it here first on the Suns Jam Session podcast with with no knowledge whatsoever. I'm totally thinking <laughs> that he's going to end up in yeah. Miami. Uh, yeah. our, our our good friend Boyd in the chat says, bring him back. Uh, I Boyd, I agree yeah. with you 110%. I would love to have Aaron Baines back. Definitely. You know, he was he was a great addition to this team. He gave us much needed attitude. You know, when you think of the Suns, you think of Kelly Oubre and what he brought as far as an uh a culture and the swag mm-hmm. and an identity, but Aaron Baines gave us some toughness and that's not something that the majority of the players really have is that kind of tough edge. I mean, Booker kind of pouts and gets angry, but he's not necessarily tough, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Booker became a better leader, of course, through the, through the season towards the end of the season, I think, but Baines definitely was just the tough guy that I feel like, they thought DeAndre Ayton needed behind him to help him, to push him. And maybe he helped him that way. We didn't know too much, of course, but I honestly hope that he continues his endeavors now in Miami because he's a fan favorite here. He'll always be a fan favorite. He's not a guy he's going to move on and we're going to actually be you know, upset and root against him. We're always going to root for this guy. So wherever he goes, I hope he gets another championship, you know? Very underrated champion, you know? He was uh, one of the Spurs champions. Mm-hmm. I don't know that's why... I, you know, he's not going to go back to the Spurs. So, no, no, <laughs> no. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the backside <laughs> yes. of, of their greatness, thankfully. But I'm going to miss him more than Ed DeBevix, man. I mean, I'm yeah. going to miss him. Do, do you remember Ed DeBevix? Uh uh. I have no idea yes. what I'm talking about, huh? Nope. But I said yes. <laughs> Ed, Ed DeBevix was like this awesome restaurant that used to be in the Biltmore growing up. And it's one of those places where you go in and like the servers were purposely assholes to you. Oh. It, was, it was such a great oh, restaurant. Okay. I've been and, to a place like that in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. not very fun, but yeah. I, I absolutely love that place, and <laughs> I miss it now that it's gone. I, was, I, I bring it up because I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and I was thinking about today. I'm like, that's how much I want to miss Aaron Baines. Like, I'm going to miss yeah. him. I really hope, you know, as, as Boyd says in the chat, like, speak it into existence, him coming back. I really hope that they bring him back because it's going to be hard to really fill that void. I mean, who it are you going to get as a backup center? 
based off of some of the guys we're going to talk about. I don't really know if there's that Aaron Baines kind of guy who really spread yeah. the floor and played well and gave us that toughness that was so very needed for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, there might be one guy later on. Um, we'll talk about him later that I kind of chose as his replacement, but okay. hard to replace. Going to miss that pretty face. <laughs> that beautiful red beard, uh, Aaron Baines. All right, well, let's talk about some other unrestricted free agents uh, that are going to be available in this upcoming uh, offseason. Um, you know, between unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, club options, team option players, the Suns are going to have eight of their 15 players on the guaranteed contracts next year. So that's yeah. seven available spots, essentially, if they don't bring back other guys. Uh are you impressed by the flexibility that James Jones has provided this roster? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you basically, you have the core for a few years. You can work things out. You can really see who fits and you can tell how this group and this core has already fit. So you get another year of it and you have expendable contracts. You have players that are coming and going, but I really trust what um, James Jones and uh, Monty Williams are doing because honestly, I think the guys that they're getting to come in also to fill in with the smaller contracts, finding the guys with the cheaper contracts, they're the guys that can produce right away. Like you're seeing it constantly, especially with Cameron Payne. So I'm I'm very happy with how flexible this offseason and even going to the next offseason is. So I feel like they're going to continue that path going into this offseason. And that's going to be the million dollar question or the multi-million dollar question, if you will, is what is James Jones going to do with all of this flexibility? There's so many options mm -hmm. out there between the draft, between unrestricted free agency, dealing with our restricted free agents. We all just really don't know. I will say that this is the first time in a long time I'm really excited going into this offseason knowing what we have. And perhaps this is recency biased. I'm really jazzed up about this team following their performance in the bubble. I think we have a lot of really great pieces that, yeah. you know, I was talking with somebody on Twitter a couple of days ago and they're like, well, you know, the team didn't make the playoffs this year and we got into that kind of, well, Aiden was hurt, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, even with all of that, they're still probably not a really good playoff team. I'm like, well, no, this is a team that next year is going to have another year of growth under them which is yeah. fantastic. I mean, they're going to have another year working together under the same system, so these players are going to be better. So now it's a matter of trying to navigate the offseason, navigate those unrestricted free agents that are out there, and try to add the right pieces that make this team uh, a really good contender, one, and yeah. still flexible, too, because I think that is the art of James Jones, is having the ability to be flexible. Yep, exactly, dude. And honestly, with the core we have here, the free agents that are like, not nah, maybe Giannis, who knows? Maybe we'll speak that into existence. Giannis maybe in a year, seeing this team that's a contender next year without the piece that we need and which would be him. Um, so, you know, you're going to see that this year where we have these group of guys, like you said, coming back and they're playing together and they're doing really well together too as mm -hmm. well. So there's a couple train of thoughts as there is with the draft as to how you attack free agency this year. And it's either, do we need to shore up our point guard play or add wing slash power forward depth, right? Yeah, so exactly. let's start with two, uh, two guys that have recently been linked with the Suns. The first is Davis Bertans. Uh, it was reported on Thursday by NBC Sports Washington that the Suns are expected to pursue the Washington Wizards sharpshooter. The report also stated that besides Washington, the Hawks and the Knicks are going to pursue Davis Bertans as well. What are your thoughts on Bertans? Well, first, I think he's a starter. So he's been a bench guy, but I feel like with his contract he's going to get coming up, He's going to want to be a starter coming up, uh, coming on to the next team, kind of like Dario Saric in a way. But I feel like this guy is actually maybe a true starter. I feel like he has great handles. He's a three-point shooter, of course. But this guy, I feel like slipping in and actually playing alongside DeAndre Aiden would be a perfect fit. Like you were saying earlier with Aaron Baines, like who's going to help spread the floor more because Aaron Baines can knock down a couple threes a game. I feel like this is a guy, too, that can help spread the floor. And I think, honestly... He's one of my he's my favorite unrestricted free agent. And I think that he honestly is the guy that the Suns are gonna go after. Like you said, um Washington, the Hawks, the Knicks mm -hmm. are looking into him, but I don't know if we're gonna be able to give him the money. I mean, how much money do you think we're gonna be able to give him? I it's gonna be quite a bit, but he would be a starting four in my eyes. But a lot of people might think he's still a backup, but I think this guy just wants to start. Well, I think you're right that he wants to start, but I think that you're also right in the fact that he is still a backup. I think Davis Bertans, although he's an amazing sharpshooter, is a very one-dimensional player. He's got no defense to him. 
Uh, you said you liked his handles. I'm not overly impressed by his handles, not to the point where I would think that uh, I would want to bring him in as a starting four for the Phoenix Suns because of his one-dimensional. He can shoot. Like, he can't create his own shot. Uh, I haven't seen him do a lot of great cuts. He's done decent cuts, but he's not somebody who I feel is going to affect our team or overtake the four from either Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson or Dario Sarge. And I think Dario Sarge is the perfect comp right there. Like you nailed that. He's somebody who's been a career backup who wants to be a starter, but I just don't know if they, it's where he'll actually be successful in this league. So I think you also bring up a great point when it comes to his contract. Uh, He was making $7.25 million a year in Washington. Uh, I don't know what the right price for him would be. I think the right price for him in Phoenix would be $10 million a year if we were going to bring him in and say, hey, you're going to be a backup four. I th- and and, yeah. and that's a lot for a backup four, but I think that's kind of the going price for a quality sharpshooter like himself, and the Suns could potentially swing that. I think someone's going to offer him $15 million at very least. I think the Knicks will yeah. probably try to open up their checkbook to bring in some sort of name and will not get him, and I'm okay with that. I think that... Although Davis Bertans is somebody who I think that the Suns could definitely use because we need that sharp shooting off of the bench. Again, recency bias, man. Like I like Cam Johnson. If he's not starting, or if he's and he's yes. coming off the bench, or if Dario Sarge isn't starting, he's coming off the bench. I like having them better and they're more complete games than just the sharp shooting of Davis Bertans. Yeah, that's and that's me. what yeah, and that's tough. It's tough to bring him in and like to give him a lot of money and then to try to fit him in with this group that's already been playing so well together. Cause you're gonna have to pay him, like you said, 15 million. I think he's gonna want 15 million, and then he's gonna maybe be a pain in the little rear end if he wants to start over these guys yeah. he might he might be and we already have that guy in Dario Sarge who is probably going to be resigned with the Suns but um I do I do think when I said he has great ball handling skills I just mean like he's a little bit more fluid down the core like getting the rebound pushing the ball up that kind of way Dario Sarge can do it it's just more in a clanky way but this guy's just a little bit more fluid in that way but besides that I don't think I think he's gonna be a starter in the Knicks next year that's my guess um but <laughs> it's a good I guess they'll make a try they'll, they'll try to get him but I don't think they can give him enough money well, we definitely don't need Davis drama. It's like the last thing we need is to bring somebody in and then yeah. they create drama in the locker room and can, and dissent and things like that. Uh, of course, you always risk the those uh, different emotions with any new player coming into a system, especially around a bunch of guys who've, you know, survived a bubble together. Uh, I, you know, uh, Suns Geek in the, in the chat, Davis Bertans is a little more quicker than he looks, loves to shoot from way behind the three-point line. Yes, and, he does. And and that's something that's great about him. I just don't know if it's necessarily what the Suns need. Uh, I think that again, the recency bias. I'll, I'm going to say recency bias like 20 times on this podcast. That's uh, <laughs> my thing this time. <laughs> yeah. um, but recency bias in in the bubble was we played defense with our second team, and I absolutely loved it. So yes. when you talk about Davis Bertans, it's like a guy who doesn't necessarily play defense coming off the second team. Yes, he can provide offense, but with zero to no defense. I mean, there's a reason why he was coming off the bench in Washington, putting up great numbers, and the team was losing. Yeah, and what I'm seeing now is in our draft guides and also our restricted free agent guides, it's like the more restricted free agents we see, the more we kind of like, eh, maybe not. And then the more like younger players coming in the league, it's like, oh, maybe just get that guy cheaper and can maybe do as much, almost exactly. as much. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so the next guy that everybody's been talking about this week is uh, is your buddy there, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, his name came up last week via Shams, and uh, he was linked to the Suns as well as the Knicks again and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, first question for you, Matthew. When did your love affair with Van Vliet begin? Because I know you've always been a fan of this guy. Are you Are you sure about that? Because I'm kind of confused about that because I never really liked the guy that much. Like, did I? Maybe at one time. I'm such a big flip-flopper. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, one I time we were drinking at a bar back when you could go to bars and drink okay. and watch Suns games. I remember you saying something. You're like, I really like Fred Van Vliet. I think he'd be a great yeah. backup in Phoenix. Now, this was like Uh-oh. three years ago before he did oh, anything. Okay. So maybe, maybe that was it. But I also, I was at a bar once and I was recording a Beyonce concert on the TV. Like I was at a Beyonce mm. concert. So, but um, you know what? Honestly, I do like this guy. He did have an off season uh, a couple years ago. I think he's kind of a guy where he, he kind of takes it easy during the season because the team's so good. He's on in Toronto to where he can kind of just cruise through and then the playoffs, he brings it on. So the only thing that scares me with this guy is, is he going to bring that playoff um, competition, like competitiveness? Yeah into the regular season for the Suns because we don't have time to mess around next year. Next year, we have to go into it like we did last year, but continue it full through the year with that playoff 
competition. Like we have to make sure that we're getting as many games as we can. And like I, we're winning as many games as we can. I know that's very simple to say, but that's our problem. We don't take it as seriously as we should it, but in the bubble we did. Fred Van Vliet, I feel like is a player in the, as long as he's starting, he'll do great for you. But could he turn it on all season? And could he have that leadership for the Suns that we need? But then also, like I said, will he be starting? Is he going to be a starter or a backup? He'll want to be a starter, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to be a starter. That's his most productive. So I don't know if it's going to be, is he going to be Rubio's replacement we're talking about here? Or what's going to happen with this? Because I don't think he's going to be a fit for Phoenix but I don't, would he be Rubio's replacement? That kind of scares me in a way, but I don't know how you feel about that. The There's two things that I have a problem with when it comes to Fred Van Vliet. And I feel like, you know, the two big names that are linked to the Suns this week, I, both of them, I'm like, nah, because I'm not a big f- uh, fan of Fred Van Vliet for two reasons. One, um, his name, uh, I really like a band called Greta Van Fleet. Great rock band out of Michigan. They kind of sound like Zeppelin. So every time I think of Fred Van Vliet, I think of Greta Van Fleet, and that messes me up. Uh, <laughs> so that's just a, you know a stupid John reason <laughs> yeah. for not liking him. And two, yeah, I just I don't know how he fits into this offense uh, with the contract that he's going to demand as well. I mean, you look at Davis Bertans and you look at FVV, and it's the same thing. They both have played themselves into a contract where it might not behoove the Suns to bring them in. You bring him in, yes. All, now you have Rubio, Booker, and FVV, and you kind of have that little three-guard rotation to work out, which is okay. I'm okay with that. I think it could work. You look at other places like Oklahoma City, uh, the Houston Rockets. You know They're using those three-guard lineups effectively, and I think that that might be the future of the NBA. Uh, the problem is he's a little too short to become a true like wing defender, so I know that that's something yeah. that probably wouldn't really play. Um, but his contract, again, I mean, he made $9 million a year. And I think that with his last two postseason performances, last year where he won the title and the way that he's playing this year, I think he's priced himself just out of our reach. Like if Toronto doesn't bring him back, it's going to be hard to make or to have Phoenix make a run for him financially. Yeah. And plus, I think Rubio's on a good contract too. And I really think for it to work, I don't think Rubio can be here for that. But then if you're talking about that, then it's like, okay, we get Fred Van Vliet this year. Then we have to mesh him well. Then if we don't make the playoffs, who knows? And what do we get another point guard to go besides uh, Booker? So right now, I think Rubio's a perfect fit. But that's just me. I just think Rubio wouldn't be a part of the picture if no, Fred Van exactly. Vliet was here. Yeah, I mean, if, if we get Van Vliet, do the Suns potentially try to trade the Rubio contract uh, and make room, you know, f- to, to bring him in. I mean, it's going to cost a lot of money to bring him in. So it's, it's great to hear that the Suns are linked to these guys. Uh, I just don't know if these are guys that I want to necessarily be linked to, because I just think that they're kind of out of our reach. You look at uh, how, if we were to bring him in, uh, how will we clear the cap space? And Evan Sittery put this on twi- uh, Twitter the other day. He said, if the Suns go all in on Van Vliet, there's two different avenues to open up the necessary cap space. Option A, Decline the team options on Kaminsky, Chuck Diallo, which I'm fine on both of those, Wave Kobo, which I'm fine with that, and renounce Baines, Sarich, Carter, and Payne, which I'm not a fan of. Option B, decline the team options on Kaminsky and Diallo, Wave Kobo, and trade Kelly Oubre Jr. So what are your thoughts on both of those avenues if that was the way to bring him in? Because again, I think that Van Vliet could fit within the confines of this team's offense with that three guard lineup, and I'm not opposed to that. It's the financials that really scare me. Do you think that option A or option B that Evan Sittery put on Twitter is a good avenue to take, or do you take option C and just stay the fuck away? Well, option B only because Kelly Oubre is always on the trade block. That's one of the reasons is because he might be traded this off season. Um, Besides that, option A is terrible. I don't like it that we wouldn't have uh, Sarge or Carter or Payne on this team. It just would be very, very depressing. Uh, I know Fred Van Vliet's a champion, but you have to admit what this team put together uh, was very special. And I think that, honestly, to let go of Kelly Oubre, too, as well. And then you have Fred Van Vliet, who's a 6'1 point guard. Then you're going to do a three-man point guard rotation. Or, yeah, not a rotation, but just have him on the court at the same time. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that works. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. If I'm going to have another point guard or a guard in the system, I want someone bigger. I want someone that's, you know, 6'5", 6'6". Someone like that that can handle the ball, too, as well. Or somebody plays defense. Yeah, maybe somebody like that, too. But honestly, I just I don't see the fit. I mean, I liked him before we got Rubio. 
but now I'm just I'm a I'm a Rick, Papa Ricky guy, you know. Yeah, agreed. A hundred, you nailed it. Before R- Ricky Rubio, when we were talking about this last off season, we were talking about potentially trading to get Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, I was all for it, but now I like what we have in place. I don't want to disrupt that chemistry too much, and I think that bringing in Fred Van Vliet, it's it's just going to be too hard. You know, I guess the other question when you look at unrestricted free agency is how does James Jones bring them in? Does he stick with these shorter, flexible contracts that he's done? Um, or does doing this bring both the player and the team seen as the 2020 uh, offseason might not be the best time to try to catch uh, cash in a big contract? So are the is Fred Van Vliet or Davis Bertans or any of the other unrestricted free agents that we're going to talk about momentarily, are they just going to take just quick one-year to two-year deals for a lower amount of money and the Suns could cash in on that? I mean, that's kind of yeah. the, the great unknown. And that's what's the unfortunate thing about this year is we still don't know what that salary cap final number is going to be and how the Suns can navigate that number. Yeah, honestly, I don't even know how the contract situation is going to happen anymore. It's like Tobias Harris signs like the four-year, uh, what are you, $80 million? Yeah. And he's he's a good player. He's an average player, but he's not a star. I feel like stars get the bigger contracts, but then you look at like Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, a two-year Kevin contract. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. So it's like it's like the shorter contracts just make sense now. So mm-hmm. I don't think you can look into it too far just because now it's a player's league. So if you sign a player long-term, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Contracts don't matter. They they really don't. Just like the NFL, they don't matter at all. Like you can actually sign a guy for 10 years, but that's more like baseball. But honestly, I think that if you're going to sign anybody nowadays, it's two to three years. And I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't think it's a bad thing because you can look at it as you have this player for that short amount of time. And then it also helps the team also helps the fan base. You're not mm-hmm. really locked in on a guy if you don't like him for too long, too much. So it's good for both sides, I think. Well, and that's the best thing about it is the fact that you're not locked into these guys for seven, eight year contracts, you know, Baseball, I don't understand it. You know, I mean, Mookie Betts just signed a 13-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mike Trout is like 10 or 12. It's on, <laughs> yeah. it's on you know, Bryce Harper, 10-year contract. Like, baseball is such a different contract structure. I get it. But it's just, could you ever imagine doing something like that in basketball? No. You know, you could. Like, a guy, well, you don't find out how great these players are until, like, what five or six seasons in is it the same thing with baseball baseball takes like what eight years for them to realize how good of the superstar is and the sign up for 13 years yeah but basketball players i mean you can't play that long so um they're old men out there on the baseball field big butts big woman butts <laughs> oh man well you want to talk about some of the other unrestricted free agents that haven't yeah. necessarily been linked to the suns as of yet yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they've been linked in a way to where on Twitter, if you look up these guys, they're in Suns uniforms somewhere yes. on Twitter. All yes. of these guys are, yeah. All right, so let's talk about some of these other guys. So uh, here's a list of unrestricted free agents available this offseason. Uh, let's start with the power forward slash wing position. The first guy I want to talk about, and you mentioned uh, this is a guy who you see a lot of pictures with him in a Suns uniform already, and that's Christian Wood. I think that plenty of Suns fans would love to see Christian Wood in a Phoenix Suns uniform. What are your thoughts on Woods as a player? I don't know. He's a guy. Okay, so five teams in three years. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy, right? Do you trust that? Do you trust like he's not looking for just a big contract from his play last year on a crappy team where a lot of teams don't take him seriously? He's a very athletic um, four slash five, which is awesome. Some guy that can back up DeAndre Ayton. So maybe he fights for the spot um to maybe be a starter on the suns maybe like if he were signed by the suns and made some great money in this offseason then maybe he can his next thing to actually get him going again would be just to be a starter for the suns um i just don't know if i trust this guy too much um like would he want to be a backup would he want to be a starter that's a lot of questions we always have with these guys but i would love this guy coming off the bench i think he's perfect i think he's perfect behind deandre aiden if we have cam johnson or even mikhail bridges or kelly Oubre starting at the four he would be great coming off the bench but then again it's like does this guy want to be a starter or does he want to be a bench guy what do you got him at well, I think if he joins the Suns, he's a starter. He's your starting four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think talent-wise, uh, he's probably my favorite offseason target. And again, that comes with a little bit of jade that you just kind of threw uh, be- over the f- of his performances as of recently because, yeah, he's kind of bounced around. And this past year in Detroit was clearly his best year. And he wants to cash in on that great year that he had on a really shitty team. But yes. that being said, athletically, this guy is a beast. He's very versatile. I think that if we put him in the four, 
Uh, he's somebody who could really make an impact on the team, but there are issues. I think that one of the challenges with him is he operates in the same space that Aiton does because if you bring him in, he's not coming off the bench, this guy. Too many, he's going to get too many opportunities and contract opportunities with other teams that'll provide him a starting role. So if the Suns want to bring him in, they're going to have to start Christian Wood. I think having him start creates that that uh, that problem with DeAndre Ayton. You know, they're operating in the same space. Uh, he's definitely more of an aggressive roller to the rim, which is something I wish I saw more from DeAndre Ayton when he goes when he rolls, and that, that's one of his strengths. He's a very good roller. Uh, but he wants the ball and he knows how to go get it. Whereas I feel like DeAndre Ayton can be a little lackadaisical in his attempts to try to get the ball. Um, so he's definitely somebody who uh, I think would be fantastic. I just, I don't know what his price point would be. He's coming off of his rookie contract. He's a young guy. He's looking to cash in. If the Suns could get him here and start him at the four, I think that Monty Williams could be clever enough to learn how to deploy both him and Aiton at the same time. And this team could be really scary from a scoring standpoint because he does add some points. Yeah, I think so. And he can, he can even be the guy that comes in to the Suns organization and then comes off the bench, but he can be one of those players that are like, is a fan favorite right off the bat. And then we're asking Monty Williams to start him. And then you have to deal with that. Like who's going to come out of the lineup for him? Like who's going to be playing bad enough to take him out? It's just, it, it's the thing where, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what this guy, I would love to have him. I would really seriously love to have this guy. I just, I don't know where he would fit in my eyes. I know you see him starting. I just don't know if that's what I want to see here. So I'm sorry, you. dude. Sorry. We disagree on that one. So no, far. it's okay. It's, it's good. No, to he, disagree. He's a great player, though. Yeah. Great player. Again, I, I really like him. I think he could start for the Suns. I think that Monty's good enough to figure out how to make him an effective player. And he has that depth too. It's like you said, maybe somebody, maybe he starts off playing, off the bench and then somebody's not playing well. So he comes in or there's injuries or there's 20 other reasons why bringing Christian Wood in would be uh, something that could benefit the Suns. I just think that he's also somebody who might be looking for a short-term deal this offseason, seeing as the cap is shrunk and maybe he wants to, you know, do a one year quick hitter, 10 million, and then try to go on and make that big money when there's actually big money to be made post COVID. So we'll see with him. Uh, Another guy that we've talked about plenty on the podcast is Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Do you think he's a good fit for the Suns? Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that we really wanted the Suns to trade for. I remember the pictures of young Devin Booker, young Diallo Gallinari together hanging out like when they were younger kids. I don't know how old they were. Gallinari was huge, but anyways. So he he's a guy that I love because he's a playmaker too. He's a he's a big guy. It's a playmaker that can shoot. Um, I think he's automatically starting four. There's no gripe about that. He would come in. He would start for the Suns at the four. Um, that's what we need is a guy that can be a playmaker to get out of Aiden's way down underneath the basket exactly. where Aiden's going to live. I think he it's going to get a lot of money though. I think he's going to get at least maybe I'm thinking like 25 or 30. A no year. way. I really think so. I think some team's going to pay him that much. Maybe see, it's tough to talk, talk about this off season though, to see how many, how much money players are going to get in a normal off season. I think he would get, 25 to 30 grand. I really do. Grand? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Sign him yeah. now. 30 grand. Sign him right now. Sign that dude up. Yeah. Put it on the board. Uh, no, see I, see, I don't think so more because he, he's 32 years old. Mm-hmm. He's coming off of his big money contract. You know, he's somebody who made, uh, how much did he make last year? $21.5 million. So, yeah. I mean, I think that he's kind of, He's almost in the Davis Bertans conversation as a skill person, a sharpshooter, but he plays a little bit more defense. Uh, he's got a lot uh, more uh, uh, more refined skill set than Davis Bertans does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's any way that he gets offered a $25 million contract. I mean, that's close to a max deal. That is, uh, you know, that's book money. We're not paying yeah. Danilo Gallinari book I, money. I'm not saying we're not we're going to pay him that much. I said a team will just because he's a, he's still a sexy name out there. He is. I know it's his big money contract, but he's still going to get paid because he can contribute. Look what OKC did. It's not like it was just a three-guard lineup. He had a lot to do with it too. Absolutely. And he, really, and he was healthy this season too as well. So when he's healthy, we never got to see it with the Clippers. This is what he looked like and he can help a team win. So he's going to be paid a lot of money, I think. Uh, more than 40 grand maybe. <laughs> 50 grand maybe <laughs> well boy then it says as big gal takes a haircut to play with his his boy book uh maybe yeah. it means pay cut but i mean he might you know maybe yeah. we get kind of a hometown discount if you will even though we're not his hometown because he wants to play with his boy booker and yeah. that would be something that 
I would totally be for bringing in. I love Danilo Gallinari. We've been talking about him since February. Again, I think health is a challenge with, uh, with him, and we'll see how that kind of plays out between his health and how, uh, how his contract potentially could work out. You know, Is he looking yeah. to make that one last big payday, or is he just like, you know what, I just want to be on a good team? Or does he stay in OKC? Who knows? Who knows, huh? All right, next guy. You want to introduce the next guy? Yeah, Montrez Harrell, right? This guy is actually, uh, in my eyes, he's well, he's a six-man now, six-man award contender. Um, he honestly is like a um, Rashawn Holmes 2.0, but he's a guy that's consistent all year long. He's going to give you everything all year long. We have a lot of backup centers that can't do it all year long, and this guy can. I don't know how many times I have to say that all year long, but <laughs> he's doing All year long. Yeah, he seriously is going to bring it. He's going to bring that intensity. I don't know if it's anything that can like help DeAndre Aiden get more intense because I don't think Aiden's ever going to be that guy. But this is someone that can come in and be the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you know, the Mr. Hyde, because Mr. Hyde's a bad one, right? He can be the Mr. Hyde coming in and helping off the bench. Uh, He's someone that I honestly would love the Suns to get. It's just how much is he going to get? He's making only $6 million a year right now with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. But um, is there a way that we can get him on this team? Well, we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, it's like if Baron Bangs goes, we lose our toughness uh, and we lose that kind of identity. And Montrose Harrell is the guy who would bring that right back. Uh, I remember Montrose Harrell when he was in Louisville and I was really excited for the Suns to take him. God, it was like 2000, I think it was 15. I think it was the TJ Warren draft is when he came out. I'm not 100% sure, but I was really big on him and I think and I, the Suns were linked to him a lot. And he's somebody who I just thought would be a great player. Uh, he's turned in to one of the best six men in the league. I think he's the perfect backup for DeAndre Ayton. I just hope that we have the ability to try to reel him in. You know, like you said, $6 million a year on his rookie contract. Is he somebody who wants to come in and we can pay maybe 10 to 15 million? I think he's worth it. You know, if we're freeing yes. up the funds, if yes. we're not bringing back Frank Kaminsky and you're telling me we can get Montrez Harrell, like fucking sign me up, dude. Yeah, automatic. Like, honestly, he's even um, he's close to 19 points per game, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. He's not going to gripe about wanting to start, which we've been talking about this whole podcast is whether they want to start, whether they want to come off yeah, the bench. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. He's come off the bench. He's going to get his points. He's going to get some good money this offseason. And he's a great rebounder. And he's going to, he's going to, give the Suns a lot of respect on that court too, which is uh, something we've earned in the bubble, but it's only bubble play going into next year. So he'd be a great stash to have, dude. Yeah, I would, uh, I would absolutely love for the Suns to somehow negotiate to get Montrez Harrell out of Los Angeles and come to play for the Phoenix Suns. That would be yeah. such a win in my awesome. eyes. It would be so awesome. All right, what about Serge Ibaka? He's a free agent this year, an unrestricted. He was $21 million on his last contract. What would it take to bring him to Phoenix, and can you imagine him on the Suns? I could. This is my sleeper. This is my guy Ooh. that might replace Aaron Baines. We need the guy that spreads the floor. We need the guy that can be a presence in the locker room, a leader. I think Serge Ibaka can. He's not like a loud guy, but he can lead by example. He's a great locker room guy. You can tell he has that cooking show. He seems like he has a great personality. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know this guy, but I'm saying that stuff. <laughs> but honestly, like Serge Ibaka, like I think he still has it and you're not going to pay him as much. He's not going to get 21 million. I don't think from anybody. Do you think like he's still pro- producing at a pretty good rate, but I think you can maybe get him 15 to 20 mil. Honestly, for me, if you can do that, cause I think Baines will probably get around the same, but I think he can be maybe a little bit of an upgrade from Baines. Uh, just to me, I think he can be someone that's more flexible, someone that can do a lot more on the court. Um, so this is my surprise signing, my little sneaky signing that Ooh. the Suns might yeah, this is this is the guy that I have of radar. Well, I absolutely love Serge Ibaka, and if we could get him, uh, just like Montrose Harrell, same thing. You know, just a, dif- a defensive mindset coming off the bench because he's not somebody who's going to want to start again. You know, that identity process, uh, I problem that the Suns could potentially have in bringing in these guys who they want to start, they don't want to start. They're creating the the Davis drama. Like we don't have to deal with any of that shit. If we go get one of these veteran guys at a good contract, you know, he's 30 years old. I don't think that any team's going to offer him 21 million uh, for his services. Toronto, maybe, but I think that they're really going to try to keep Fred Van Vliet there and give him a max contract. He's a much younger player and it just makes more sense. So yeah, I mean, I, don't think that the Suns will actually get him, and I hope you're right. I hope this is the sleeper pick because I would love to get Serge Ibaka on the team, but I think he fits really well within the confines of this offense and this culture. Yeah, exactly, man. 
Uh, so moving on, who we got? I'll say, so this is a guy, Derek Favors. Derek Favors. Yeah, and uh, what team does he play on? The Pelicans, the right? The New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, man. Good old... knew. Yeah. I just uh, – this guy, I don't know. What do you, I'm going to let you take the floor first. Um, I'm not a big fan, but go ahead. What do you think about David – or Derek – David. <laughs> Derek Favors. Hey, it's live TV. Uh, Derek Favors. <laughs> yeah, you're clearly not a big fan. You're calling him David. You're, you're not giving him any credit. You know, yeah. Derek Favors is one of those guys who – I just feel like he never truly panned out. I mean, he was the number three overall pick in the 2010 NBA draft uh, out of Georgia Tech. He's somebody who I, I've liked as a role player on New Orleans. I think that he's done a decent job there. Uh, but he made $18.8 million last year with New Orleans. Like, there's no way he could come in and do that with us. Like, we're not paying him $20 million. We're not paying him ten. There's no way. No way. You know, I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's more of a center role in his, in their offense. He's been playing a lot of center. He's kind of a natural power forward, but the last three years he's played the majority of his time at center. So, uh, if he's sign on as a backup for the Suns, I feel like he is a Montrez Harrell light. You know, it's like if yeah. Montrez Harrell is Coors Banquet Beer, he's like Coors Light, and that's what we'd be getting. Yeah. His defense isn't nearly as intense, but he can score you some points if he's healthy. Yeah, I think he's just a filler. He's just a guy to come in and give you some minutes nowadays. I just, I'm not a big fan. When he's on the court, I feel like the team is missing a lot. It's not a very sexy team when he's on the court. It's not a team that I want to watch or be excited to root for. You know, it's plain and simple. I just don't think he's a guy that the Suns, I don't, maybe in the old days, this is a guy that sounds with sign, but th- this is hopefully someone we overlook. I don't think we will be linked to a guy like this. Hopefully we'll get signed to a big contract with the New York Knicks. Maybe <laughs> someone like that, you know? Yeah. I just feel like he's kind of a lane clogger. You know, he's kind of an old yes. school kind, kind of guy. He's not necessarily built for the modern NBA. And when you look at like Serge Ilblaka and you look at like Montrez Harrell, and even when we talk about Danilo Gallinari or Davis Bertans, like those are all modern NBA guys where you can find the fit for them and it'll be productive. I feel like Derek favors, if this was 1999, he would be uh, like on the top of everybody's list. He'd be the guy that everybody's kind of going for Cause he's kind of built that way. And that's the way his game plays out. Yeah. Whereas it just doesn't work in 2020. But I don't even know if that's on purpose. I think it's just like, he just, it's just who he is. I just, I don't know if that's on purpose, the way he wants to play or what. I don't even know what it is. I just, it's a confusing player to me. So yeah, it's just, that's just who he is. You know, he can't help it. He's just an old school kind of (laughs) guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, when we talk about other forwards who are out there and I think we'll just stick to forwards on this podcast, right? We'll do unrestricted free agent guards in the next one and centers the following podcast. So we'll stick with just, the uh, two centers well, left in this league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside. We got to get him to Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but of the other guys who are out there, do any of these names interest you? Just give me a yes or no. And if it's a yes, okay. tell me why. And if it's a no, tell me why. Harry Giles. Uh, no. Who does he play for? Sacramento. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I, I don't think so. I don't think this is anybody the Suns will actually look into. Um, is this someone that you like? I like Harry Giles just because of the potential. We've talked about it on podcast probably about three months ago during the quarantine when we we're all, you know, hanging out in our closets, just afraid to come outside and look at the world. Um, and I just, he's one of those guys who we could probably pay uh, $6 million a year for a one or two year contract. He's just one of those guys who just never panned out. He was what number one, two or three in ESPN top recruits coming out of high school when he went to Duke and he had knee problems and he had knee problems at Duke. And then, you know, he's played with Sacramento and he shows flashes of greatness. And I feel like if you can, give him time to be healthy and you can get him for a, you know, a really low contract. He could be somebody who could potentially uh, contribute to the team. So that's my Harry yeah. Jazz take. Okay. Yeah. No, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What about uh, old man, Jeff green? Oh, Jeff green. You know what? Uh, he is on, he's a title contender guy now, you know, he's just going to float around, but honestly, he'll be a son soon. He's played for every team, but five <laughs> in the NBA. So eventually he'll make his way to the Suns, maybe in three or four years when we're championship contenders. So that's when we look to add him right now. He's looking for, um, you know, he's looking for the spot to come in for any team that's competing but just to give you those couple of games to like keep you in the series. That's him. That's him right now. And that's his next spot. I don't know where that's going to be, but right now I just think that the Suns are not looking his way at all. Right. 
No, I don't think so at all. I think that, you know, he's found a role within the confines of the Houston Rockets offense. They don't have very much size and he adds a little bit of size. So we'll see how they perform in the playoffs. Um, Do they bring him back? I don't know. I don't know if the Suns should take a shot at him either. He's not somebody I'm really interested in. What about Jay Crowder? Uh, No, I've never been a big fan. Me neither for some reason. I don't know what it is. I just... There's something he's always in the playoffs, though. Every year, he's just always on the playoffs, sitting in the corner, hitting a couple threes. Something, but I just there's something about him I just want to stay away from. I think it's maybe the fan bases that are of his teams that they just can't really stand the guy. He does too much of the stuff. You're like, ah, no, 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 no. But it's always no, 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 no. It's never no, no, no. Yes, it's a no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like just stop, stop doing what you're doing on the court, please. That's that guy to me. Well, I mean, he wears number 99, and I'm just not a fan of that. Josh just Jackson. doesn't work for me, you know? Josh Jackson in Summer League. I mean, that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, he's somebody who I think that I've never really liked because just more so for the teams he's played for. Like, yeah. he played for the Boston Celtics for a few years. He was on that 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers team that I wasn't really a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, he played for the Utah Jazz, then the Memphis Grizzlies. And now he's with the Heat, and I actually am kind of low-key. The Heat are my Easter Conference oh, team right now. Everybody's love this. Yeah, I'm still, I still think Boston's going to go to the finals, and they beat Toronto today. But, uh, but he's one of those guys I just never really liked his game because I don't know what it is. I don't know who he is. He looks like a guy who should be down on the block playing intense defense or taking the ball to the hole. And then he's shooting threes. And he's, it's just, he seems like if he's somebody who joined our team, it would be frustrating. Yeah. He's like a tweener of the tweens. He's in between everything and all that. So yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. All right. What about Paul Millsap? Um, can you Free imagine agent? Can you imagine what the Suns were going after? Remember three years ago? Yeah. Can you imagine if we got that guy? That contract he got was stupid. Oh my god! He hasn't and played he, up to it in any way, shape, or form. 30, no, he 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 is completely rolling down the hill on that contract. Like honestly, like just hitting his head on every rock. Like I don't even understand what he's doing nowadays. But this is someone, unless he's so cheap to where you're paying him like Cameron Payne money, then I'm fine. But I just this is some guy that I don't think the Suns are. I have they're not going to be looking this guy's way at all. Yeah. He's too old. You know, I mean, he's 35. Yeah. Paul Millsap yeah. is way down uh, the rabbit hole of his career. Uh, like you said, yeah. he's, he's hit every rock on the way down the hill. Uh, his production in Denver has been just nothing but uh, unsatisfactory. And you, you nailed it. I'm so glad yeah. the Suns didn't get him. Cause I think we both wanted him back then too. We thought he'd be we a good addition to the we team. Did. It was like uh, right after Blake Griffin. It was like, okay, let's get uh, Paul Millsap. But mm-hmm. luckily, none of them. All right. Our last uh, wing slash forward that we could add, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. And this is a guy I actually really like. Carmelo Anthony. What do you think? Um, no, no for the Suns. <laughs> but yeah, um, he's a guy that I've always rooted for. I think he's always taking the money which is very, very smart because honestly he's less hated than LeBron and LeBron's won championships. So right now he's, he's everyone's like favorite player. He's came, came back, played a great role with Portland, but honestly I see him just playing with one of his friends, maybe CP three next year, maybe mm-hmm. LeBron James, but he will not be, I feel like some of the sun's target. No, but it'd be kind of fun if they did, you know, bring it in mellow just to, you know, hit a couple threes every now and then it'd be fun. I don't know. Uh, actually, when I'm lying to myself. Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to buy into you being excited about it, but then I'm just like, what? No, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. All right, so let's hit. Uh, let's overreact on a couple things that are going on right now in the NBA. Sound good? Yes. The Suns GM session overreacts. Oh yeah, it's time to overreact a little bit. Uh, so. Let's talk first about with the Lakers moving on versus the Blazers, the Suns would have been a better challenge for the Lakers. Overreact to the Suns taking the Lakers to seven games in the first round. Let me know. They would have done it, right? No, I think it would have been five games, just like the Portland Trail Blazers. You know what? The Blazers, like, um, the Blazers were playing great going into the playoffs, but they seem like they have a better chance in the media's eyes. They seem like to be a better challenge for the Lakers. And like I told you, the Lakers didn't sweep them like I thought they would, but they, the Lakers just turned it on and it was easy, easy money for them. So I think it would have been the same thing with the Suns, but it would have been a great learning experience. 
but I'm going to not overreact. I'm going to underreact on this one. If that's the game, <laughs> you know, I'm going to underreact and just say, no, I think it would have been the same five, five games. I feel like you're properly reacting like five games would have been acceptable. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the overreaction that Boyd just said. We sweep them. I'm with you, Boyd. Let's overreact on this. We would have swept them. The Suns were playing in rhythm. The Lakers are all discombobulated. You know, I still think that the fact that they beat Portland on Mamba Day was rigged by the NBA because the calls in the first half were unbelievably one-sided. Never seen anything like it. And I've seen quite a few things, especially with the Suns this year, getting screwed on some calls. But I think the Suns would have given them more of a fight than you and I believe. What was the weaknesses of the Suns? It was their depth at center, right? Mm-hmm. What's the strength of the Lakers? Eh, their depth at center. But I still think that with Aaron Baines coming back, we would have given them kind of a hard time. We were a team that's playing defense. We're a team that has really good guard play, which is something that will challenge the Lakers. I think that's why the national media really had a hard time seeing Portland uh, not beating the Lakers or at least pushing them to their brink is because they had such great guard play with Lillard and McCollum, and that is a weakness of the Lakers. They don't have Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley. They don't have Rajon Rondo to guard those guys and shut them down. So I think that the Suns could have uh, could have pushed them. You know, it's like Sun Geek says right here, man. Suns in seven. I'm not overreacting. Okay, I'm, I'm overreacting. You know, it would have <laughs> been five. What's, yeah, a, <laughs> yeah, so. what's, a, what's our next subject there, Matthew, on All overreacting? Right, so- uh, Mr. King James himself, uh, not really liked by anybody, but he was honestly, I'm just joking. I guess there was something about the players not liking his speech or the way he talks to them and all that. I don't know who cares about that. But anyways, he talked about the Phoenix Suns and honestly, he was talking about how Portland was playing well. He said Portland was playing the best basketball inside the bubble along with Phoenix. He got Phoenix in barely just kind of like in the sublime 19, what was it? 1997 or 1996 uh, song where they're like Phoenix. Do you oh, yeah. barely hear it? A- <laughs> I don't know. April 26, 1992. Yeah. Yeah. That song. Phoenix, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Just like that. He barely got it in, but he's talking about how Phoenix was uh, one of the best teams playing the bubble. Probably the best team, obviously eight. No. Um, is this a big deal though? Is this something that you can overreact to with King James getting anointing the bubble sons? I'll let you overreact to this one. I'm not going to. I don't. I don't really care. I, I, yeah, I don't give a shit what King James thinks about it. Was, I know. You but know? It was all, anytime he says anything about the Suns, I remember when he played against DeAndre Ayton the first time, and he said the Suns made the right decision of choosing this guy number one. And then you know, but yeah. anyways, he'll just say whatever he wants. He doesn't even remember he said that. Probably. Yeah, I'm not overreacting to King James saying <laughs> Portland playing the, the the best basketball inside the bubble along with Phoenix. I'm not overreacting. Yeah. I don't need King James's approval for the Phoenix uh-huh. Suns. I could give two shits about what King James says. All right. There's your overreaction right there, buddy. All right. Here's one for you. I saw this on, uh, I think it was Facebook or Instagram. Somebody put every NBA legend has had to play through very difficult circumstances. Michael Jordan played with the flu. Kobe played with a broken finger. Kawhi is playing with Paul George. Oh man. Overreact to Paul George being in a dark place in the bubble. I don't know. It's, it's a tricky thing with the whole mental illness, illness thing going on. You hear it both ways. It's like you still got to keep it uh, within the team, within yourself. You know, seek help. Don't tell the media. And I kind of agree with that because the media can make it worse. They can ruin it. They can make it look like you're a weak person. But nowadays, it's just like it's something that everyone goes through. And I think that I wasn't too upset when he said it. But when you have your one of your star players that you're hoping to win a championship with saying, I can't get up and play this game because I just can't get myself motivated, that would be kind of tough to hear as a fan, right? Yeah, well, imagine, not Kawhi. Kawhi would be our Devin Booker, right? So imagine DeAndre Ayton after a game in which... He would he say that. He, yeah, he would. And would it upset you if he said that? No, just because we've already we're expecting that from DeAndre. And I don't think I've ever heard this from Paul George ever. So it's something new from him. Okay. Right? Now now imagine you and traded your entire fucking franchise for this guy. Yeah. I mean, that's where I am with this. That's like terrible. again, mental illness is something that I am I'm very uh uh I have a very close relationship with in my family, and it's something I don't take lightly. Uh but I also at the same time, as a fan of a team. If you know his whole job is to go in there and play basketball, and if he's saying he's in a dark place in the bubble, it's like PG. You got to reach out to those those around you and try to 
find solutions to that dark place. I mean, don't necessarily let everybody know that you have a problem when you're being interviewed at the end of the game when you had a good performance. If Paul George is having an issue and can't get up, he doesn't need to get paid the kind of money he can. I mean, playoff P, I mean, come on, man. These are the playoffs. You're supposed to be playoff P. You can't even get focused in for a game. I know there's a lot of outside circumstances and things of that nature, but I just find it frustrating. And if it was a member of my team, man, I'd be, I'd be pretty pissed, man. Especially if he just scores maybe five more points in that game and beats Luca. We don't have to hear that whole Luca stuff, like game yeah. winners, all that stuff. That would have been fantastic, but it's not what happened. But honestly, what are you going to do? Go to Kawhi. He's like a robot. He's just like <laughs> Shannon. Let's see, you know, what are you going to go talk to him for some, <laughs> for some support? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of Luca. What are your thoughts on good old Marcus Morris and the foul he put on Luca today? Did you see that? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's a overreact good, on that. It's a it's a good. It was a good foul. I thought it was a really good foul. Different angles looks worse than the others. It was told. What you don't think it was a good foul? I'm shaking my head over here. Fuck Marcus Morris. That oh. was some cheap playground bullshit, <laughs> as per usual. No, usual with that piece of shit. He's like tripping him and hitting him in the head at the same time. I get hard fouls and things of that yeah. nature. But when he just, the previous game, was accused of stepping on the guy's hurt ankle, like went and apologized and said, you know, how dare, this is my character, don't question my character. And then the next opportunity he has, he fucking slams this guy. Like, fuck Marcus Morris. I think uh, Ryan McDonough tweeted out during the game, he's like, I tried to warn you all about Marcus Morris years ago. I was like, yeah. hey, fucking man, dude, I'm going to overreact on that. That's just some cheap shot bullshit. I can't stand Marcus uh, Morris for playing that way. I know that some people are like, well, no, basketball should be physical, things of that nature. Like, don't hit the guy in the head while you're trying to trip him at the same time. Fuck you. Yeah, but honestly, like, you see a lot of fouls where guys just grab someone's arm and pull them down when they're going up for a dunk or something. It, at least when he hit him, hit the ball and then hit his head. So it was a basketball play, a little bit more aggressive. Ish. Very ish. Fine, but I, what I was saying was, honestly, I, I like how Luca's going to have this. It kind of sucks because I was kind of scared because Luca and Dallas did come back. They almost came back. They were down by six and they almost came back and won. I'm like, thanks a lot, Marcus. Like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to come back and win. You motivated Luca Doncic even more. He has no help on that team, really, but like some three point shooters into next season. Like, Luca's like almost like one of the hated guys in the NBA. He's a guy that's always going to be causing fights because he's he's griping all the time. He's whining all the time. He was elbowing too through the lane. Like he's not the only one that's hitting people and all that too as well. I know we don't like the Morrises, but I thought it was a good foul. I don't think he should have got ejected. I think it should have just been a flagrant one. But then honestly, them going back and forth all game, saying nasty stuff to each other, that's part of the game. This was just like the tipping point, I feel like, for Doncic and for Morris. But honestly, it didn't cost the Clippers a game, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, this is the podcast where we just ground everything because I think it should have been a flagrant too. I think it should have been tossed down. I think you should be fine for it too. I just think that there's no place in basketball for that type of foul. I don't think he was going for the basketball. I really don't. Watch his feet during the play too. Yeah, he hit part of the basketball as he came down and he like ripped at his head too. I mean, it was just – I'll stop with this. According to Suns Geek, his sources are saying that the Phoenix Suns will not be pursuing Marcus Morris this offseason as he is a free agent. So, I don't know. Fuck him and let it go. He might be back. We still got number 31. What did he wear? Number 30? I don't, yeah, I don't know or care. All right, uh, let's uh, let's do a mailbag question real quick before we get out of here today. Remember, folks, that you can hit us up, uh, sunsjamsession at gmail.com to hit, send us your mailbag questions, or you can visit sunsjamsession.com and send it to us that way. Um, from Vladimir Babin, he asks, since Chadwick Boseman tragically passed away, I have a fun-spirited question. Who on the Suns reminds you most of the Black Panther? Uh, for me, I would just think, personality wise because black panther was honestly one of my favorite characters because he's just so chill he's not corny he wasn't like cheesy at all he was very very cool like mikhail bridges in a way so i'm gonna choose mikhail bridges for that reason uh to compare anybody to a superhero or anything like that it's kind of weird i just think personality wise i'm gonna choose um mikhail bridges yeah and you know i'll kind of end where we finished you know it's a tough week uh with losing Lou Olson and then losing Clifford Robinson. And then in between that, you lost Chadwick Boseman. I mean, it's just a tough uh, week as far as losing people that never knew us, but we definitely knew them and were affected by things that they did. Uh, so, you know, shout out to the Black Panther. Uh, he was also in Jackie Robinson, uh, 42. That's one of my. That was one of the fa- most underrated movies. I feel like Dude. that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I saw that in the theater uh, by myself. Uh, I cried. I cried to that movie. I was so moved by it. You know, I mean, I just. 
but to answer this question, it's tough. You know, you look at the Black Panther, what his his powers are. Uh, he has the power to draw upon the knowledge, strength, and every experience of every previous Black Panther. Superhuman strength, speed, reflexes, agility, stamina, endurance, durability, and senses. Genius level intellect, master, master martial artist, tactician, strat- strategist, and inventor. Uh, I'm going to go with Mikael Bridges too, just because I think that yeah, none, no, no one on the Suns is a superhero, um, but uh, he he has the speed, the agility, the stamina, the endurance, the reflexes. Um, so he's the closest thing that the Suns have to Black Panther, uh, Wakanda forever. Yeah. Uh, anything else you got for this pod before we wrap it up, Matthew? I know we have our fantasy football draft here in about an hour. You got the number one pick. I'm going number six. Uh, you excited? Yeah, I'm very excited. I got T minus 59 minutes right now to get ready or a little bit less than that. Yeah. You better start. Uh, I got to get going. All right. Well, I will say to all the sun's jam session listeners out there, we are doing a listener league on NFL.com. So if you're interested in joining that league, we do have a few spots still open. You can email us sun's jam session at gmail.com and tell us why you want to be a member of our listener league. I know this is a basketball podcast, but you know what? We like football too. Hell, we like all sports. So yeah, and Brian McDonough is actually in that in that uh, <laughs> yeah. Marcus Morris. Uh, we have a spot Morris waiting Morris, for him. Yeah. <laughs> so all time though. Well, that's all I got for this one. Uh, just a reminder to everybody to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you hit the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. If you are one of our live streamers on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little bell so it reminds you uh, or notifies you every time that we have a new one coming out. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SunsJam, SunsJamSession.com. And then, of course, you could always hit up RedBubble.com because you can see some of our pretty cool stuff that we have on there from a merchandise standpoint um that's all i got matthew i'm gonna crack open another beer and remember this though don't be drunk when you draft nfl drafts for your fantasy don't be drunk so this will be the last one i have before that one all right good advice and everyone go home and love your family boban (laughs) boban (laughs) take care